0: Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking Biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Hey guys, thank you for joining me for my series on the greater works of the Holy Spirit. I know I have said this about every single episode, but I think I'm most excited about this episode because I'm simply going to be sharing with you my personal experience of how I came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We've been talking about all of uh, the ways and the works of the Holy Spirit and how he works in the life of Jesus, how he worked in the life of the disciples, how the disciples then went and. Um, ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit throughout this entire series, but today I'm going to sp- talk more specifically and share with you about my personal experience of really come in coming into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes I kind of take some notes here or there that kind of follow an outline of some things I want to share with you, but today I'm just going to share with you um, just straight from my heart um, based on my own personal experience. Now, the Bible tells us that We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that word testimony there, it denotes the idea of a do-over or a do-it-again. And my desire is that the things that God has done in my life, specifically through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to release a do-it-again out into the air, out into your life, to activate uh, the Holy Spirit to just keep doing Um, Things in other people's lives like he's done in my life and really just kind of drawing you into a deeper understanding of his works. Now, in episode one, I shared about how I um, was allured into just being curious about the greater works of the Holy Spirit, really asking that question, what does it look like? For my teaching to come with a demonstration of power instead of just wise and persuasive words. Um, And then we talked about uh, Jesus and how he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the importance of that second encounter and how he came in the identity and the person of God. But he left his position and his power behind and how even Jesus functioned under the unction of the power of the Holy Spirit, making it evident that to you and I that we need the unction to function, um, in the power, um, in the power gifts through the Holy Spirit. And we talked about the disciples and how they received the infilling and then the uponing of the Holy Spirit. So we've just been walking our way right through the evidence in the scriptures of the work of the Holy Spirit, more specifically the baptism of the Holy Spirit, In the last episode, we talked about how the disciples then went and said, look, this Holy Spirit is for everybody. It's not just for the Jews, but it's for the Gentiles as well. Really just trying to um, activate a hunger inside of us to want and to yearn for uh, this greater work of the Holy Spirit. And so as I started kind of really just allowing myself to be curious, uh, not being afraid to really take a look at my existing belief system. And that's one of the things... I want you to really recognize was that it took a lot of courage to be willing to consider that my current belief system wasn't necessarily wrong, but that it was missing some things, that there were some more things that God wanted to reveal to me. Let's be honest. I I do feel a little frustrated when I feel like I encounter somebody or if I catch myself coming to this place where I feel like I already know all the answers. This is exactly what I believe. There is nothing more. There is nothing less. Um, And while I understand there are absolutely some non-negotiables where we are just resolute and we know that we know, I really feel like I've come to a place in my life where I, I expect that there's always something more God wants to reveal to me about who he is, about who I am, and the way he wants to work in me and through me. And again, that takes a lot of courage to be able to say, maybe there's something more for me. For you to be able to consider maybe there's something more for you. So I'm not really asking you to consider maybe your existing beliefs are wrong. I'm asking you to consider are you missing out? Could there be something more? And that was the key question that I had to really Uh, Be willing to ask and then trust the Holy Spirit to reveal the answer. So we've talked a lot about how sometimes our belief system, the things we've been taught, our intellect, the mechanics of the kingdom, if there is such a thing, have kind of helped define or brought us to a place where this is what I believe and this is why I believe it. But if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times when I ask people, what do you believe and why do you believe it? Their answer for why they believe it is kind of based on what they've been taught. A lot of times it's not based on their own revelation through the Holy Spirit of what the scripture says. So that's why I've been so emphatic of making sure you go back to the word and let the word teach you. Don't let me be your authority. Let the word be your authority. Now, one thing I want to say to you is only the only Jesus can give you the Holy Spirit. Um, Only he can reveal to you how to receive the Holy Spirit. It's not something that can be taught So while I've I've kind of struggled with like, do I do a how to receive the Holy Spirit? And there are places in scripture uh, where we learn things uh, that are important in the reception. Um, There's really not a mechanical step-by-step on how to receive the Holy Spirit, which is why I really just want to share my experience with you. So let it be said that it's not about mechanics. It's really just about surrender and it's about a hunger and a desire specifically for the Holy spirit. It's about coming into the belief that I believe there's something more for me and I'm going to sit here and God, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you have you have your way with me and I'm going to let you move upon me. And I'm not going to try to intellectually reason through it. I'm not going to try to dispute it, but I'm going to trust you. Um, and that really was the key for me in really uh, being willing to just receive I'm going to say that again, relax and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit through the evidence for me was speaking in tongues. And we're going to talk about evidence, all kinds of evidence. I I, I know we, again, have heard that the evidence, the only evidence is speaking in a tongue. Um, I'm not going to say what I do or don't believe in that. I'm just saying uh, go back to the word on what you believe. I do. I will say with confidence, uh, I, I do believe that the greatest evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a supernatural love, uncanny, where we see people. And then that love will flow out of you through signs, miracles, and wonders. And that's what we see uh, with Jesus, that it's the compassion of God through the Holy Spirit coming upon him that then compels him to operate in the manifestational gift. So we see kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of that example um, in the life of Jesus. And so I, I do believe that the greatest gift the scripture says um, the grace of these is love, and I'm going to do an entire episode uh, focusing on the evidence of love uh, through the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But let me go back and share with you when I uh, really started uh, wondering, man, could this gift of tongues be real? And if so, God, would this be a gift that you have in mind for me? Like I want to receive the gift of speaking in tongues. The first thing I had to really do is go back to the Word and really assess what do I believe. And why do I believe it? And when I began to go back to the word, uh, and that would be a teaching for a whole nother day on what does the word say about speaking in tongues? But this is just my testimony. I went back to the word and I really began to see scriptures coming to life about speaking in tongues and having a prayer language and having an utterance between the Holy Spirit and between the Lord and I through the Holy Spirit. Um, And I really began to crave um, because I felt like that's what the Lord was really drawing me into. And so I um, really had to reconcile a lot of this. I will tell you, I had had a, uh, a I say a vacation. I was working in an international ice carving competition um, in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, and so I went there for 15 days um, and I really poor cell service at the time there. And so I was unable to really um, talk to people. I was unable to really hear the distraction of people's um counsel, their advice, their thoughts, all of those things. Uh, Because again, I was at that point had been raised up believing in cessationism, that speaking in tongues was, had ceased, that it wasn't real. Uh, Even things like it was of the devil. And so these are all beliefs that I had come to believe that I really needed to press into. Why do I believe these things? And so I was really wrestling with the Lord, feeling this alluring and this drawing into speaking in tongues, beginning to read the scriptures and having the scriptures kind of argue what i had been taught and it was a little bit of an unnerving place for me because i was like i don't know what i believe um and so i really needed to shut the doors to all the opinions and to all the teachers and the counsel that i had had my whole life and really just ask the lord to teach me um, and so when i went to alaska it was the perfect opportunity where i was in some regard forced to really just seek the lord And the Lord began to bring all these scriptures to life for me and saying, look at this, look at this, look at this. And again, I I don't wanna go down the teaching path, I wanna stay down the testimony path. For me, I really began to feel this stirring that, oh my gosh, this is a gift that is real and I feel like it is for the edification of me, that it's it's a gift that's going to lift me up, encourage me, build me up, and I'm gonna be drawn Deeper into a place of intimacy in my relationship with the Lord. And so step one for me was seeking and really asking through the word uh, with the revelation of the Holy Spirit, what do I believe? And really kind of allowing the Holy Spirit to shift me into, I do believe this gift is real. Then I had to really ask myself, is this a gift that I feel like is for me and that I want? Which again required a lot of courage because remember I had been taught that it's scary, it's freaky, it's of the devil. And so this really, for me, came back to not trusting a minister who was going to lay hands on me, not trusting a pastor who was talking to me about speaking in tongues. It really was a matter of, do I trust the Holy Spirit to either protect me and guard me from this thing or to release this thing in me if it is what's real? And so I really began to press and and seek the Holy Spirit and just said, okay, God, I trust you that you say that. Just like a father would not give a a wicked or evil gift to his child. If a child comes to him and asks you for bread, you would not give him a stone or a snake. That's what the scripture says, that you're a God who gives good gifts. You're the giver of good gifts. That's what it says in James. And so I really began to pull on the character of God and trust My interaction with God and say, God, I believe to the core you are a good God and you would not allow any wickedness or evil to come into my mind or into my body. I'm telling you guys, this was a real battle for me because of the belief system I was in and I needed to shake free from that. So when it came down to it, I had to have my mind changed by the word of God and then come into an unbelief and allow the, the surrendering of that hunger and that desire to come into my life. And so all of that took place when I was in Alaska. When I was on the airplane on the way home, I closed my eyes. And I really just, uh, I, the Lord gave me a vision and I began to see just fire in front of me. And I would open my eyes and look around and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm still sitting on the airplane. And then I would close my eyes and I would see this fire. And y'all, again, remember, you can't explain the supernatural. It's just what you're experiencing with, in, in a way that confirms the word or in a way that you go back to the word and the word confirms the experience. So we wanna make sure our experience is absolutely in conjunction with the word. I realize there's a lot of crazy experiences out there, Um, But I'm telling this is what the Lord kept showing me in the word because I've always been a word girl. I love the word. If it's not in the word, I'm not even going to consider it. And so the Lord started by showing me the evidence of speaking in tongues in the word, showing me what it was for, what it was purposed for, and then stirring up a desire in me. And then he began to show me um, in the spirit, the fire of God falling upon me. And so at first I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? And so I just began to say, I settled in that place and started to interact with this vision, okay? So again, a whole nother teaching on on prophecy when the Lord shows you something. Remember when, when God comes to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, what do you see? He's interacting with him based on what he is seeing in his mind's eye and the spirit. Because our imagination, y'all, can be the writing tablet of the Lord. It's just not It's not just the writing tablet of the devil. I know we hear that all the time. Oh, it's, it's the devil's playground. It's the devil's playground. Well, not if my imagination is surrendered to the spirit. It's not if my imagination is surrendered to the spirit. It is the writing tablet for the hand of God, for him to show me things in the, in the spirit and perfect. Pathetically begin to reveal what he has in mind for me. And that is what was happening on this airplane. Now, I'm not going to say I knew all that at that moment, but I knew in my spirit, I feel at peace right here in this moment, having this vision. And I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit. And so I began to interact, God, what this is about. And the Lord began to take me to Acts chapter 2 and remind me the refiner's fire and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the fire. And he began to remind me of all the words I had been uh, studying and the words that you and I have been talking about about how uh, John the Baptist said, I come and I baptize you with water, but there's one who is coming that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I have this fire right in front of you and I want you to surrender to it. So as soon as I got off the plane, I went home and obviously traveled home or what have you. And I really felt like the Lord was like, I want you to put yourself in a position of surrender. Now, to this day, I will tell you that this particular position is kind of just a spot of intimacy for me and the Holy Spirit. Remember, we're talking about the intimacy that you have with your spouse is just for you and your spouse. And though every marriage couple should be making love, the way you make love is unique. It's between you and your spouse. So while you should be intimate with the Holy Spirit the way you are intimate with the Holy Spirit, it is unique between you and God. That is between you and him. And so for me, I laid on my back. I always kind of lay my hands straight up. I kind of tip my head up. For me, that's a very vulnerable position because some of my history of, of sexual abuse and uh, I was just very, that was very vulnerable for me. And I really felt like the Lord was like, I want you to just totally lay in my presence and let me have my way with you. I'm just going to tell you that's what he said. And so I really felt like the Lord was like, just relax. And just let me come upon you. Let me have my way with you. Now, when we when we think about even now, like what I know about coming under the power of the Holy Ghost or falling out slain with the Holy Spirit, um, when we're talking about that Shekinah glory, which means the weightiness of the Lord or His presence just begins to fall upon you and you're overwhelmed by His presence and by His love. I don't understand. Like, I, I do understand because once upon a time, I thought that was all crazy, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know who I would be without this. There's no way I could go on without the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the unction and the overwhelming power in His presence. That comes upon me and remains upon me and having times where I i intentionally lay in that presence and let the Holy Spirit just begin to move in my physical body, healing me, resurrecting places that need to be resurrected, crucifying places that need to be crucified, purifying me with that fire in that moment. So I came, I laid, and I felt like the Lord was like, I just want you to begin to praise me. Just begin to praise me. Just begin to praise me. And I don't know how else to tell you this other than to kind of demonstrate where I was just kind of quiet and I was just saying, God, I love you. I just praise you and I worship you and I give you all my all my glory. And God, this is not about my commitment to you, but this is my surrender to you. Come on. There's a difference between you having the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit having you. I'm going to say that again. There is a difference between you having the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit having you. And that's what this was about in this moment. This was about the Holy Spirit. Getting a hold of me completely. Me for the first time surrendering completely, totally, without fear, without any reservation, without holding back. Letting my mind just completely surrender to that presence in that moment. And I'm gonna tell you that every time I began to feel the Holy Spirit come onto my mouth and begin to shift my language, my mind immediately would kick in and and it would stop. And there was a real battle of what it looks like to really surrender. I tell people all the time, even at the state and the degree that I am and the, the, the measure and the level of surrender that I have learned, I recognize that every day I must intentionally allow the Holy Spirit Teach me what another level of surrender looks like. In that moment, I was battling what it looks like to really just surrender. And I'm telling you, after about 10 or 15 minutes of this, and I finally just let go. And I let the Holy Spirit, literally, I sensed the Holy Spirit just coming upon my face and my mouth. And I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, let me have my way with your tongue. And so I just, I find, y'all, you know, I cannot even tell you how much, Angst yet freedom, I felt in that one moment because my flesh was so fearful because of some of the things in my past, and frankly, just because of a, a little bit of a control freak in, in the natural. And so I was like, Ugh, and I still was like, God, I'm trusting you on faith here. You all faith is going, faith means I'm going to do things that I can't see and I'm not quite sure of, but I'm sure of what God is telling me. Meaning I'm I'm unsure of what I see in the natural, but I'm sure of what God is telling me in the spirit. And finally I began to release and I began to surrender and the most beautiful language began to come out of my mouth. And I, to this day, can I even tell you what I experienced in that moment? Like, you can't explain the supernatural all i can do is try and tell you is as genuinely and as real as i ever can just in that moment i knew this is real like i felt a warmth and a love that i had never experienced before and i knew in that moment people can try and tell me that i'm crazy people can try and tell me that it's not real but they will never take for me what i'm experiencing in this moment and that in that moment i became so passionate about why Why are we so afraid of this? The most incredible moment of my entire life, when I experienced just that moment, the freedom that I felt in just that surrender was undescribable, absolutely undescribable. And I became, in that moment, so ridiculously, not just in love with God, but I became so aware of how ridiculously in love he was with me. I'm going to say that again because in that moment, it wasn't about me loving God. Y'all, it was about me letting God love me. For the first time, I felt in that moment I was being healed of rejection. I was being healed of, of all the insecurities. I was being healed of not feeling my value and not feeling the love of God and agreeing with the love of God. I can't even begin to explain to you how deeply and how intensely I felt his love in that moment. I know this is going to be a long episode, and it may be a part one and a part two, but I, I, I'm i just even beginning to tell you the depths of my journey of coming into, coming into the full baptism of the Holy Spirit, and so in that moment, I finally surrendered, and I finally released, and I just, for me, it was all about just receiving that gift of speaking in a tongue, and so... Uh, for about the next 20-25 minutes, honestly, I felt like I had lost my English, lang- English language. I was like, now I can't stop. All I can do is keep speaking in <laughs> tongues. I know my son was telling me the other day, it's like when I first received the, my prayer language, I felt like that's all I did for two days. It was like all I could do was speak in a tongue. And um, when I came out of that place and... You know, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Like my mind kind of started to try and kick back in. Like, oh, that's ridiculous. That was a waste of time. Y'all gonna remember that my time with God up until that point looked like me praying through the scriptures, me reading the scripture intellectually. I knew I'm receiving a word. I'm getting knowledge on the word. All of these things. There was evidence and. In that moment, I'm like, I'm getting nothing in my mind because my mind is completely being overrun by the spirit of the Lord. My heart is being overrun, but something is happening. And the evidence wasn't like evidence what I had seen before. I wasn't getting up from that place and saying, God spoke this, God spoke that. Look at all the things I was able to write in my journal and all of the verses that I read and the three chapters that I got through. It felt like when I got back into my right mind, when I say right mind, my natural mind, when I got out of the spirit and I say right mind, meaning intellectual mind, I started kind of questioning, God, so if I just do that all the time, is that, what good is that going to do? What is that going to, okay? Now hear me when I say this. God was shifting me from a place from all of my knowledge and all of my study and everything that I knew about God to who am I? To just a state of being, he was shifting me from having a knowledge of God to really just living and residing, and a, a, an internal change. I'm reminded of when Jesus turned water into wine, and how at some point this miracle took place inside of this vessel. And we don't actually see the miracle. We don't know when it happened. We don't know when it ha- how it happened. All we see is the evidence when it starts to be poured out. Okay, hear me when I'm saying this. When I began to start pouring out through ministry, there was a shift. The way I started to speak, the way I started to teach, the way I was interacting with people. I began to over the next two, three, four, five weeks, two, three, four, five months, now two, three, four, five years, 10, 15 years later now, I see after I have spent time with the Lord, even still now, just allowing him to saturate me and sitting in that place under the power and under the unction of the Holy Spirit, just using my prayer language, spirit to spirit, the deep calling unto the deep. Intellectually, I don't know what God is doing, but I begin to see evidence. I see evidence when I get up out of that place. That I feel a sense of peace. I have a knowing in my knower. That all of a sudden I have a revelation about something I've been thinking about or praying about. A supernatural shifting. Just like when the water was shifted into wine. We don't know when it happened. We don't know how it happened. We didn't see it happen. All we saw was the evidence that something happened, something ordinary turned into something extraordinary, something natural turned into something supernatural inside a vessel. And I'm telling you that is what was happening inside of me in that moment. So I began to just put that put the 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 gift of of tongues to the test i'm just being honest with you guys i was like okay so here's the deal god i really feel like something shifted inside of me but my intellectual teacher mind feels like it's a waste of time that i could have read through two chapters of scripture during that time frame when i was just laying there speaking in tongues and so i kind of like gideon i threw this fleece out And I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do, God. I'm just going to spend the next two, three, four, five days. Actually, I said five days. I know that for sure. I'm going to spend the next five days just praying in a prayer language as much as I can. I'm going to spend, to the same degree that I spend in scripture, I'm I'm going to spend just speaking in a prayer language. So if I read an hour in scripture, then I'm just going to lay right in this very spot, come back to this place, and I'm just going to interact with you, God. I'm going to let the Spirit speak to me. I'm going to let you come upon me. I want to sit in that place. But God, at the end of this five days, if I don't feel, see, sense some kind of a shift, then I'm never going to do it again. I'm, I'm just being honest. Like I wouldn't recommend this to you guys now, but I'm being honest with you. And here's the deal. Like at the end of that five days, I, again, I'm going to get choked up, but at the end of that five days, I was like, I am so deeply and passionately, more intimately connected to God than I have been in the years of studying Now, remember, I had been studying, so everything that I had studied in Scripture was now coming to life. I had a fresh revelation of things. God was beginning to show me things when I was sitting in that place. He was losing the gift of prophecy. He was losing the gift of healing. And, y'all, I'm going to do an entire episode. In fact, I'll do the next episode on how I received the gift of healing. I'm going I'm to do that for you. Um, but in this moment, I just really felt the evidence through I know that I know that I know something shifted in my intimacy with God. And it wasn't about, I'm gonna, I said this in the beginning, but I'm gonna say it again. It wasn't about me feeling more in love with God. It was that I felt His love towards me even more. And more so, I believed it. Like I was like, oh my God, I I feel your love for me. My God, I feel your intimacy towards me. I feel your affection for me. I feel how deeply you feel about me. I feel, God, your passion for my design and who I am. I felt all of that. And everything that I had read in scripture, that I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made for this, my soul knows very well. And I was like, my soul doesn't really know that, God. I'm trying to believe you in those moments. I was like, oh my God, I believe you. Yes, God, I believe you that I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made and I am loved by an almighty God. This is how the second encounter, the Holy Spirit came up, coming upon me, began to shift me into this supernatural understanding, first and foremost, of who I was. Y'all, you have to come into the understanding, the supernatural understanding of who. You are. You cannot minister that to other people if you are not believing it for yourself. This was the very first thing that I needed to be healed of in order for me to begin to flow in the manifestational gifts. I had to come into a place where I was in awe of how deeply God loved me, of who I am, and his design of me. All right, so this was just a real raw. I'm actually almost just going to push stop. Stop. And start, and I'm going to go right into the next episode of sharing with you about how I received um, the gift of healing and and the first time I came under the power uh, of feeling slain. Other than this moment, I I believe I was slain um, in those moments, in those five days when I would just lay there. Y'all, there's not a day. There is not a day. I, I feel like I can say this. With all integrity, there is not a day that I still do not position myself in that position for at least five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes as long as as long as I'm intentional to make and allow the Holy Spirit to just come and rest on me and I just sit quiet in that spot and allow the Holy Spirit to just have his way with me, to surrender to his love. I need that desperately day after day after day, and I'm learning to come up out of that place physically But to stay in that place spiritually and emotionally. To never come out of that place. To what does it really mean to abide? When he says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, then you will bear much fruit. That's what he's talking about. To not come out of that place. I understand like positionally, physically, I'm going to come out of that place. But spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, I don't ever want to come out of that place. I want to be saturated by that spot. I don't want to have to prepare for something because I live in preparation through the holy spirit are you following what i'm saying i hope you enjoyed this episode you can also find me on youtube tiktok instagram facebook or you can check out my other podcast show enforcing purpose with lisa schwartz for general information or resources head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com thanks for listening